Why was the Chiefs-Dolphins game such a letdown for fantasy football? And how about C.J. Stroud and Josh Dobbs? It's time to break down our Week 9 Sunday reactions here as we begin another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, we are diving into a new week of shows here, and we got to look at uh, all the good stuff that uh, happened in week nine, as well as a lot of bad stuff, disappointing things. So we do our reactions here Every Monday on the show, we'll dive right into it in a moment. Before we do that, I have to tell you this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. It's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. We are Locked on Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day, your fantasy team every day. And for your fantasy team, if you had Chiefs or Dolphins, you're probably getting up, getting excited, no matter what the time was, even with the time change in the United States, getting ready to watch and buckle in for, for Chiefs Dolphins. It ends up to be a major letdown, unless you played the Chiefs defense. You're very happy about that game, but really bad out put on the chief side Rasheed Rice did score but not a lot to see otherwise in this game Patrick Mahomes was a letdown Travis Kelsey disappeared with a little Jalen Ramsey on the other side Tua Tagovola struggled no Tyreek Hill revenge game Jalen Waddles quiet the only guy that really came through was Raheem Mostert so Michelle I guess uh, we should have kind of expected this maybe that uh, you had the Chiefs defense on one side the Dolphins history against better teams in this league, but I, I didn't expect it to be this bad. Yeah, it is becoming a concern for the Dolphins. Whenever they have to face a good team, uh, Tua, at least, completely disappears for fantasy. He's been highly inconsistent this year for fantasy football. Uh, with Tyreek, you know, he still had eight receptions, 62 yards. Not the worst game, but he also did have that fumble loss, which in your scoring formats may have deducted some points as well. I will say it started so good for the Chiefs. The first drive, they scored the touchdown. Rashi Rice scores. I'm like, look at this. I love Rashi Rice this week. He already has a touchdown. And then it's like, where ended for this offense? I, I know Jarek McKinnon ended up getting a passing touchdown, and like I think it was the second quarter. But then the Chiefs don't score another offensive point uh after that right so the next one was a defensive touchdown the entire second half they're shut out the dolphins offense was shut out in the first half and we are definitely worried a little bit about Tua when it comes to good defenses or good teams that he has to face but with the chiefs they are averaging only 23.1 points per game this year which we're just not used to that right in the patrick mahomes era from 2018 to 2022 they're averaging over 30 points per game so what's going on with their offense this year where it's not as electric well i think they don't really have that consistent thread you saw that here 
beyond Travis Kelsey. They contained Travis Kelsey in the game. It was a very good matchup for him, but the Dolphins knew that, and they put their top coverage on Travis Kelsey and said, beat us with somebody else. And what happens is also the Chiefs have a love-hate relationship with running the ball, right? Sometimes Andy Reid is into it, and he's like, okay, we're going to get Isaiah Pacheco going, and then he runs well, and then they open up the passing game, and then things are great, right? It comes off play action. You create those second and one opportunities maybe where you can use that play action downfield, but those things – haven't quite materialized here. And I think part of it is they do miss Eric Bieniemy, kind of keeping things in check here. I know Andy Reid calls the plays, but Matt Nagy, we know that he's had some uh, difficulty of late <laughs> coming over from Chicago. So it was, I think it's been maybe an underrated story, right? That you lose Judas Schuster. I know he wasn't great, but he was a veteran guy that you could trust a little bit in the middle of the field that I don't know if anyone has really replaced him. I think they're trying hard with Rasheed Rice, but there's not a lot there. And it's not good when Noah Gray and Sky Moore lead your team in receiving in a game like this. It is not good. So I don't know what to do here with the Chiefs. I mean, I think you just have to stick with it and hope for the best. They do have a bye week, which is good. So maybe they can go to the drawing board, figure some things out here. And uh, maybe we need uh, Taylor Swift in the house as well. For uh, Yeah, it Travis seems like Swift. for Travis Kelsey, the only way he performs. It's literally the only this game was in Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> if this game was in Buenos Aires, he probably goes off. So uh, instead, it's in Frankfurt. And uh, unfortunately, we have to go through this again with Mac Jones and Gardner Minshew uh, next Sunday morning. So Oof, not no. uh, as appealing. But let's get to the positive here. Let's clean this out of our head here and go to the performance all-time rookie record single game here you get 500 near yards here from cj stroud miraculous comeback after they had one to take the lead here so it was exciting to watch they just said we don't have damian pierce our running game stinks let's just throw 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 with cj stroud and everyone did something here noah brown goes off in this one with 153 receiving yards and a TD. Dalton Schultz has 10 catches, 130 yards and a TD. Tank Dell was incredible. He was a tight end, or sorry, the wide receiver one on the week. Dalton Schultz was the tight end one so far, but six catches, 114, two TDs, the game winner for him. And Nico Collins, they didn't forget about him. He actually opened the scoring early in the game, and then he kind of disappeared with all these other guys going off. Now, of course, you can't expect this every week because – you're not going to have a quarterback throw for 470-plus yards and spread it around to all his guys pretty evenly. But you have to say, maybe the Texans turn a corner and say, look, we just have to throw the ball as much as we can. Forget running it. We can't do it. It doesn't matter who's back there. And you're seeing the results. Trust CJ Stroud. He only has one interception. He's thrown TD passes. He's a top-six fantasy QB now. And look, this matchup this week against the Bengals, they're probably going to have to throw a ton here with Joe Burrow on the other side. Yeah, I I do. I like the Texans offense a lot better at home. Their home road splits are pretty significant this year. And I just think with a rookie quarterback, it's easier to play at home than right in that hostile environment. And the Bengals, Cincinnati, Cincinnati environment is going to be pretty hostile. So I'm not like dying to play him next week, but I do. I love this for all the pass catchers, right? You just apparently Dalton Schultz is back. Right. And with tight ends, you don't get that kind of volume. So you just keep plugging him in. Tank Dell, I do think, is a weekly flex play where you're going to have down weeks and you're going to have huge weeks like this. 
Uh, it's the same exact thing with Gabe Davis we'll talk about or George Pickens, like those guys who have huge weeks and then disappear. Like I think that will be Tank Dell. And Nico Collins, it, it was disappointing for him because everyone else went off and he just had 54 yards and a touchdown. But he's still, obviously that's who the defense was focusing on taking away. And they did it after the first drive or so. But yeah, they can't run at all. I mean, they tried with Devin Singletary now instead of Damian Pierce and uh, he was just as bad. Yeah, I think that's uh, something we'll also watch for the Buccaneers defense, right? They lost Jamel Dean in the game. They haven't been really good in coverage on the back end, and they stop the run typically. So it all lines up well for your pass catchers. So it probably means good things for DeAndre Hopkins this week with Will Levis and that strong arm down the field. So that's something to keep in mind that uh, Hopkins is definitely a play. If you look at what all these receivers did, and he's the main guy there. So I think if there's one anomaly, Michelle, I would say it's Noah Brown. I don't think he's a guy that can get involved every single week. I think it was just the product of the matchup. They spread the field and threw it. Now he's a talented receiver and he's going to obviously cut in a little bit to what Collins and Dell do, especially a lot more than Robert Woods did, right? Robert Woods was hurt in this game, but he wasn't really a threat to those guys' production. But it seems like Noah Brown might cut into it a little bit. Uh, I think maybe Dalton Schultz has found his floor in this offense. Yeah, Dalton Schultz seems to be here to stay. Again, like every tight end, he'll have some down weeks, but the volume he's been getting over the last you know, four yeah. or five weeks is just too good to pass up on. Yeah, for sure. And uh, going from the Texas team in Houston to the one in Dallas that played in Philadelphia, if that makes sense. Dak Prescott stayed hot. He's been the QB one on the board for the last three weeks now. He's just been delivering him and CeeDee Lamb as we expected to exploit this matchup. It was such an easy over on CeeDee Lamb's receiving yards in this game. Jake Ferguson goes off. He nearly gets 100 yards in this game as well. And uh, what's happening here is Ram Cooks is kind of not there. Michael Gallup drops things. And you have some other random guys getting involved, including Keontae Turpin and J.L. Tolbert. But this offense is not only high passing volume, but it seems to go through Lamb and Ferguson first. And then I don't know what's happening with Tony Pollard, but they can't run the ball. So another case of just let your quarterback throw, take advantage of his big weapons. Yeah, this was a big reason I like Dak Prescott coming in the year because I knew they didn't have the personnel to run like they did last year. Now, I did think Tony Pollard was going to be great for fantasy because I thought he'd score touchdowns and be more involved as a receiver. But that doesn't seem to be happening very consistently here. But with Dak Prescott, I mean, him and the CeeDee Lamb connection right now, CeeDee Lamb has over 115 receiving yards in each of the last three games. He has 30 targets over the last two games, 14 targets in week eight and 16 targets in week nine. I just love these two, and I hope they can keep going, right? So they've been playing in these these tougher matchups or like closer matchups, I should say. Now, next week, they get the Giants. We saw what happened in week one when they played the Giants. They destroyed them 40 to zero, and none of the offensive players did anything because they didn't have to. So that's my worry about them when they have to face really easy defenses. But I'm going to keep staying in the flames with Dak Prescott. Yeah, we want, we like them when they're trailing or having to throw. Yeah, or it's just the defense special teams and Dak does nothing. But look, they got to really poured on. They did lose this game in the end, right? So they want to make sure they beat the Giants and get back on track here. So I don't think they'll mess around, maybe put up some points with Dak early, and then maybe we'll finally get Tony Pollard into the mix in that game. So looking forward to seeing what the Cowboys can do is 15 and a half point favorites at home against uh, the Giants third string quarterback TBD here. So something to watch here. It's 
uh, what the Cowboys do, but it's a great matchup here again for them in week 10. Now, we did tell you at the top that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It's time to find out more about what they can do for you. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And really, if you're looking to hire the best team for your small business, we know that every one that you put together is important because you're tight-knit. You want to have that winning structure available. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain they have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just so easy to build a job there. And you just post it uh, with your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that your small business is hiring. Simple tools such as screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Yeah, we want to put together the winning team. And again, LinkedIn jobs is going to help you do that and come through every time with your hires. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnFL to post your job absolutely for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, well, let us continue with our reactions here to week nine and what happened on Sunday. The Chiefs, Dolphins, we talked about that game. The Texans and the Cowboys putting up big numbers Another quarterback who put up big numbers and no one started him because he didn't even start for his own team until Jaron Hall got concussed is Josh Dobbs. And Josh Dobbs came in. He looked like he was in this Vikings offense for years. He was just sitting back there, three total TDs. He was running all over the place on the Falcons. We knew as soon as he came in the game, the Falcons were in trouble. I mean, Taylor Heineke was looking bad, doing nothing, replacing Desmond Ritter. He's coming, delivering balls to TJ Hawkinson. He's getting Alexander Madison into the end zone. He's helping him run. <laughs> well, what's going on here? But it looked really good for all these guys. Uh, KJ Osborne got hurt, but that only helped make sure that Madison, Hawkinson, and Addison would all perform well here. And then we also had Cam Akers going down, which also helped uh, Madison in this one. Yeah, really unfortunate for Cam Akers. He tore his Achilles again. Yeah. So I don't know if it's on the same foot or not, but that's just a really unfortunate injury for him. So this will be Madison's backfield to mostly himself again. I mean, Madison did have over 90 total yards and a touchdown in this game. Wasn't efficient, but got it done for fantasy if you did play him. Of course, the one week I tell people to stop playing him. He yeah. actually scores some fantasy points. But Josh Dobbs, he did do what we wanted to see with targeting the tight end. We said we think TJ Hawkinson's going to be just fine with Dobbs, right? Because he loved to target the tight end in Arizona. And it, that seemed to have followed him here to Minnesota. Also, a crazy, crazy stat is that Josh Dobbs is the first player in NFL history to score three touchdowns, three or more touchdowns, in back-to-back games with two different teams. Uh, Josh Dobbs had three touchdowns with Arizona in week eight and then three touchdowns with Minnesota in week nine. It's just crazy that Josh Dobbs is the first one to do it. But, I mean, he's had now one, two, three, four games with over 23 fantasy points this year. He has even better weapons than he had in Arizona now in Minnesota. I do think he's a viable streaming quarterback. And with we have Patrick Mahomes on by, Jalen Hurts on by, and Tua um, by this in week 10, Josh Dobbs might be a guy you have to depend on. He plays the Saints next week, but it is a home game. So I think I'd be okay starting him if I have to. 
Yeah, I think you can just based on the weapons here. And and Justin Jefferson is looming around the corner. That's always going to make a quarterback better. And that look, he's been in the top 12 for the season in scoring. And we had the big spike, of course, for CJ Stroud. I think he's now in the top five, top six there, depending on the way you're rewarding touchdowns. But Dobbs is also right there. He's uh, padded his stats a lot with numbers. So this is. <laughs> Yet another weird year, right? We had like Geno Smith pop up out of nowhere last year. Daniel Jones was a viable QB1 finishing in the top 12. Well, new crop has emerged, right? These two guys, Sam Howell, different people there. So there's always uh, some weird quarterbacks that crack the top 12, and we definitely have that again. This year, one guy, unfortunately, going in the wrong direction from the top 12 and this is because his team is too good. Gus yeah. Edwards is just hogging all the touchdowns. And on top of that, we had Keaton Mitchell appear in this running game for the Ravens. The Seahawks apparently didn't show up after one long 50-yard pass to DK Metcalf. That was it. They just quit playing. There was nothing there. So the Ravens got to a point where they could pull Lamar Jackson, which sucked because you had Tyler Huntley throwing touchdowns at Odell Beckham Jr. He's exactly how we thought this game was going to go. So I don't know, it's two straight underwhelming weeks from Lamar, but someone please give the Ravens a fight here or Lamar is not going to put up some numbers. Yeah. I mean, that's the issue, right? And it's not even just underwhelming fantasy numbers by Lamar. It's like numbers that are killing you 12 yeah. fantasy points each of the last two weeks, but it has nothing to do with him. Like they're moving the ball on offense. They're getting it done. It's just, there's been six rushing touchdowns over the last two weeks by a running back for the Ravens. So the six touchdowns taken away from him, three in each of the last two games, and it just doesn't really allow much scoring for him. They play the Browns next week. Not the easiest of matchups, but he did score 28 points against the Browns earlier this year in week four, and that was in Cleveland, and they are a better defense in Cleveland. Now this will be in Baltimore. So the Browns defense on the road hasn't been quite the same as they are at home. You just keep trusting just keep being patient with Lamar because the offense is looking really good. The team is looking really good. It's just unfortunate that the touchdowns are going. They're just unlucky uh, right now for Lamar fantasy managers. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't happen very often. I mean, the touchdowns do come eventually if you're putting up this type of numbers. And it, yeah, the rushing is weird because he's a guy that has scored rushing touchdowns and can do that himself. But they've just been blowing people off the ball up front. So it's... Uh, really hard so the Browns could give them a little bit of a game this week which should keep Lamar into it but really comes down can he get those two combined touchdowns with his rushing and passing I think there's a good opportunity to do that this week against Cleveland as you mentioned he has good history in this matchup but even including this year so that's good to see now let's uh go to what we saw on Sunday night it was disappointing if he had Jamar Chase or Gabe Davis who had nothing you're a little disappointed with those numbers obviously but when you look elsewhere, I mean, T. Higgins, it was a very emotional game for him with the Lamar Hamlin return and all that. He really came through. He looked fantastic there in the game, looked like he could be number one receiver again for another team in free agency. And he was locked in again with uh, Joe Burrow. And Burrow was just all over the field looking so sharp, thrown to the tight ends, thrown to everyone on the field. And that wasn't Jamar Chase, unfortunately. But Higgins looked good. Other side, I mean, Dalton Kincaid, I hate to say it, him and Khalil Shakir, these type of matchups just might be squeezing Gabe Davis out of it. Uh, Stefan Diggs is going to get his, as we saw. But uh, look, there, sometimes there's just not enough to go around for these guys. 
Yeah, it's just like this is the thing with Gabe Davis. You're if you have him, I feel like he's just a guy you plug in every week and hope for the he has a lot of big weeks this year, but he also two of the last three weeks, six yards and zero yards and no touchdowns in two of those three weeks. So you get that. I will say I have Gabe Davis in quite a lot of spots. I think I'm to the point where I'm going to play him when they're at home because the Bills offense and Josh Allen are so different at home than they are on the road. And that's where Gabe Davis has put up all of his numbers. It's been in home games. So I, I think I'm just going to keep playing Gabe Davis and take the risk of the high reward, low floor at home games and maybe just start sitting him in away games for now on. If I miss out on a big game, I miss out. But yeah, Kincaid, 11 targets. Like I know he had that one fumble and that could be a big reason why they lost. They ended up losing that game because they were, you know, right near the goal line there. But just a, another fantastic game for Kincaid. He looked great overall besides uh, unfortunately losing that one fumble. But I think anyone in that situation, he was flipped upside down and the guy perfectly hit the ball. Like, I don't think that's really any issue with Kincaid as a player. Yeah, they need him. I, I think, again, this is a little bit of uh, Ken Dorsey being a little bit inconsistent. The offense coordinator is like, okay, do I incorporate these weapons? Or I want to go back to Josh Allen just running around. I think he's caught in between all these things, right? Um, they want to be a big play offense, but you don't always see that in these type of matchups. The Bengals tend to have their number defensively as well. So it's just putting a lot on Josh Allen, it seemed like, every week. But as you mentioned, home is important, and they are playing the Broncos at home on Monday night. So that should be a very good rebound opportunity. I figure the Bills are going to pour it on on some team. So we'll watch that for sure. But I really love watching the Bengals offense be the Bengals offense. It was a lot of Fun to see Joe Burrow kind of be himself in prime time, and it's going to keep coming. It's going to be a great, hopefully a lot of points against the Texans this week. That'll be great for fantasy. Two offenses on fire here in the passing game. So we'll get into uh, some offenses that weren't so good, plus some injury woes in our final segment. Yes, let's first hear from our sponsor. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. My favorite player prop for tonight's Monday night football game is Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson over 68 and a half receiving yards against the Chargers. He has had 90 plus yards in each of the last two games, and no team is allowing more passing yards per game than the Chargers this season. To place that bet or get on some other action for tonight, you can sign up by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on and enjoy the NFL season. Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, the opposite of the Bengals offense is the Rams offense without Matthew Stafford. I mean, it was atrocious. It was exactly what we, I guess, envisioned pretty much. Uh, Brett Ripon, Ripon, however you say his name. 13 completions, 130 passing yards, one interception. Didn't allow Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua to do anything. The running game was atrocious. Freeman and Henderson split time. Both were garbage on the ground. Henderson got a couple of receptions for 16 yards. It was just disgusting overall. 
Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup just looks slow. I, there was a couple of plays, I will say, that Puka had. There was a penalty that called back one of the bigger plays. Like, I think he would have been okay overall. I mean, the matchup was so-so for him against Jair Alexander, but this offense just was not there, right? You can't really just depend on Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman to move the ball enough here. And they just were going through the motions there. So it was a very tough. We do get a bye week, so that might help. Kyron Williams still a couple weeks away from returning here, but hopefully Stafford will heal up with his thumb injury. We just need him out there to put up some points just to facilitate, right? And they don't really have any other options because Stetson Bennett is not available. So this is it, right? I think the Rams are all – Headed toward we need to draft a quarterback next year and unlock some of these guys and uh, just take advantage because I think Stafford you just can't count on to be healthy anymore. So it, it's been tough to watch. The Rams are now three and six, so any promise they had early in the season is totally gone. So yeah, they're headed towards the quarterback, I think, in the draft, Michelle. And look, that's just the way I have to go. Yeah, it's <laughs> likely that Stafford ends up on another team next year yeah. i feel like if he doesn't retire right like if he wants yeah. to keep pushing through this i don't think the rams are going to be the no. team for him which at that point i don't i like cooper cup has been made with matthew stafford we haven't seen him do these numbers in his career with any other quarterback so that worries me a lot if you roster cooper cup in dynasty and you didn't already trade him away you probably lost uh, like maybe matthew stafford comes back and he's good and cooper cup starts putting up numbers again you might want to get him off your team yeah, it's it's bad. And look, we just can't hope for the best. I think there's some glimmer of hope with Puka Nakua because he is kind of the future, right? They realize that, yeah, this guy's going to be part of anything we do offensively going forward. So that's good, right? I mean, if they turn the page and Cooper Cup fades or they shut him down, Nakua is still going to be very much involved here in this offense going forward. And I also think the Rams defense is starting to show not very good. And it's going to keep falling apart in some uh, tougher matchups coming forward. So some volume hope there for Nakua. Now, B. John Robinson, Michelle, we love him. I can't. I can't with this B. It's John so Robinson. Arthur he's, Smith is just the absolute worst person. He's the third best fantasy back in this division, and we can't even count Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders. That Rashad White, the guy we've been dumping on all year, is cracking the top 10 now because he had a big game with two touchdowns. He's catching balls left and right. This is the way the Falcons need to use B. John Robinson, right? Give this, he's way more talented a back overall. Rashad White is a receiving back, and he's not even nearly the talent. Like, Bijan should be getting Alvin Kamara like work in the passing game, Rashad White type work in the passing game. He should be used in the red zone. I just don't get, understand. Yeah, they get the ball to the one yard line because of a defensive turnover. And what do they do? Run with John U. Smith. It's tight end. John Smith. They love Jonu Smith. Like, it's ridiculous. They run they with him. Guess what? He doesn't get in. And then the next play, Tyler Algier, they run with him instead of Bijan. Because God forbid you give your extremely talented running back a chance to score a touchdown. That would just, that would kill Arthur Smith because the fantasy community would be health, er, happy. And he does not want that. He wants to make sure that does not happen. So Tyler Algier gets a carry for minus four yards at the goal line. Like, I don't know what in the world he's looking at to be like, yes, Tyler Algier needs more carries than Bijan Robinson. I There is no stat, there is no advanced stat that you can look at this year between these two and say that Tyler Algier is even in the same class 
is Bijan Robinson. I mean, rushing yards over expected this year, plus 106 for Bijan Robinson, minus 43 for Tyler Algier. Their breakaway percentage is absurdly different. And then Bijan's averaging five yards a carry while Algier's averaging 3.2, atrocious 3.2. Get like Arthur Smith, get out of here. Leave the team. Like, well, I, the good I, news, is, so good mad. news is lose games like this to Josh Dobbs and Jared Hall at home, <sighs> and you don't improve quarterback. And let's hope. This is what I'm hoping for. Kyler Murray returns here for the Cardinals, so they lose yet another game. I want the Falcons to go into free fall here because that's the only way we're going to get a change. And somebody's going to come in and some offensive coach is going to come in and say, look, wow, this team got me Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan Robinson. They're, I think they're all candidates. If they fire Arthur Smith or go in a different direction somewhere offensively, I think watch out. I mean, all these three guys could absolutely go off together because this is just very frustrating. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, Bijan is in the conversation for bust of the year just because of how high we took him and the expectations and how much they've been lowered by not his own doing, which is even weirder, right? It's not like he was bad and he couldn't get out of his own way. It was Every time he touches the ball, he looks special. <laughs> like I, I don't can't talk about this understand. anymore because he's on one of my core teams oh. and uh, it has been brutal. Like I need him to come through to lift the rest of my team and it hasn't happened. And it was looking, I felt really good about the pick the first couple weeks and then it's just been, Downhill, like they have to play that same highlight over that the Falcons had like early in the season. Their radio team was just so excited about Bichon undressing someone, and they were just like, "Oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen." They have to keep replaying that highlight because the Falcons refuse to put him in situation to do it. So, anyway, let's move on. This is not any better news, but it's injuries. At least we didn't have major injuries, Michelle, at running back. Cam Akers, as we said, but not a lot of you were counting on him behind Alexander Madison. Uh, Daniel Jones, as I mentioned, uh, the Giants could be down to third and quarterback. Tommy DeVito could actually start. He's had to relieve Daniel Jones now in two, and uh, Tyrod Taylor in the last two games. And now. Yeah, Taylor's on IR. So Tommy DeVito is only the quarterback there. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do. They have uh, the decision to make between DeVito and Matt Barkley, which would be weird playing with Saquon Barkley, but that's what they might be doing. Christian Watson, forget it. This guy's always kind of oh hurt. Multiple injuries out of the game again. I, I don't get it. He Maybe he's checked out. There's no A-Rod, and he's just not into it. Uh, one injury that looks like multiple week is uh, he needs surgery is Dallas Goddard. So if you're counting him on tight end every week, uh, yeah, I don't know if you'd go to Jack Stahl but you got to go find a tight end here. So that's a bummer. I mean, it seems like he misses games every year. So hopefully you were prepared for having a backup. And uh, we heard before the game, Joshua Palmer was put on IR. So yet another key weapon for Justin Herbert before Monday night. And then Josh Downs, this was a bummer. Had a knee injury, tried to play, then came out of the game. So at least I think we avoided some major, major guys in fantasy, but the Joshes uh, really hurt the wide receiver pool. Yeah, that Josh Palmer one was shocking for him to be put on IR. I mean, I guess after him going down last game, it seemed like it, you know, he was in a lot of pain. But definitely, if Quentin Johnson's out there on your waivers before tonight's yeah. game, just throw Let's him on your bench did. if you have a, a spot, just to see what he does. It is a hard matchup against the Jets uh, secondary. And then Devonta Smith came up limping pretty bad there at the end of the game. We didn't really get to see the offense come back on the field. So, 
just something to keep an eye on with his practice report. There's not really any news about him, but hopefully no, he's no. fine. <laughs> yeah, I think now what will happen is pretty much A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith are going to trade and can have big games in the same week. I and mean, we saw that last year, right, when there was no Goddard. So that's exactly what's going to happen here. And, again, they're not going to force the tight end in the mix here. So it's a bummer. I mean, he's the starter that uh, we were playing every week that he's not available here down the stretch here, for, at least for – I would say a couple games. I mean, they do have a bye, which is helpful, you know, but it's a really bad bye this week, Michelle. So we'll have to give uh, people waiver wire advice on that uh, with the Chiefs and Dolphins and Eagles. I mean, those are three major teams off this week. So, yeah, I think you'll need a little bit more bye help and a little bit more injury help, and we'll have that for you all on the waiver wire show for week 10 tomorrow. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football to start another week on a Monday for Locked on Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.